Hi there. Welcome to the Audio Sound Podcast. I'm your host, Toby, and I'm joined by my amazing wife and co-host, Larry. Join us as we share. <laughs> I skipped a part of it. Okay, another try. One, two, three, go. Welcome to the Audio Sound Podcast. I'm your host, Toby, and I'm joined by my amazing wife and co-host, Larry. Join us as we chat about our careers and share life experiences that just might help you navigate your career too. Today, I'm very excited to welcome our guest. She's been working with us for the past six, seven weeks or so. Yeah, a month. Just over a month. And she's helping us. She joined our team to help us make this podcast a better experience for listeners to help provide some more direction for the podcast. And so I'm very grateful for our working with us. And on this episode today, she's going to be sharing our own journey, our own experiences. I think that particularly with the things going on in Nigeria right now, I think it's a good time for one for her to share what our vision what our vision is as well as how she's feeling and what she's experiencing considering what's going on in Nigeria. So Mutirola, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself. My name is Mutirola Olawali. Um in law student my fourth year in university, I love to communicate with people, meet new people. I love learning new things. And yeah, I'm on the podcast and I think that's something I've been really excited about and I'm really grateful for. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, Matilda. We're happy to have you. I think this first season of our show, of the podcast, is season of figuring out. So if you've been listening since the first episode, you probably noticed that there have been changes in different ways and there will probably still continue to be changes throughout this first season. But I think with Matilda on our team, it's really just going to help us move those changes in the right direction, help us get to a better place as a show, like help us be better host, and just make this a better experience. So, yeah, I'm very, very grateful. Actually, I would change that to say, since she joined, we've already started making those changes. Yeah. Because, like, she's doing things to, like, she's asking us questions, She's making, she's pushing us basically, but she's, she's asking us questions. She's making us do things that we probably had thought about doing them, but like, let's say time. And then it's just, it was both of us at first just trying to manage everything. But then now it's like, you know, there's someone that's like, I think this way is better. And then she's bringing that perspective that we don't even think about sometimes. So yeah, I think that has been fun. And she's, she, I think Loki, She's a she's a very firm person. Maybe it's a lot thing, but we'll get to that as we go. <laughs> yeah. The lawyer in her is playing. I agree with you. I think that she made the show better already. I think it makes us better not just as as podcast hosts, but even as communicators, as people in the virtual world today. So we had to buy new mics, we had to Buy new software without to. She made us change our pictures. Yeah, like we had a picture yeah. done. Um, I mean, it's all for the best. And when when we change, when I don't know if the design changes will be live by the time this episode is out, but in the in the very near future, you see some of those changes, um, design wise. But yeah, so I just want to just make it clear that she's making this show better. But Matera. One thing, you mentioned something when you introduced yourself. You mentioned, yeah, young Nigeria. I just want to prefer that by saying that, yeah, yeah, young Nigeria, particularly a Nigerian youth, you're still in school. You're still in university. If I'm right, you're in your second year, last year in law school. Can you tell us about your experience as a law student right now? Uh, what that is like? Why did you go into law? In, in this part in, in Canada here, yeah, you don't go into law until your first, up until you have completed your first degree. But I know it's different in other countries. 
So I'd like to just hear a little bit more about like what that experience is like for you as a law student. I think just to correct something, it's actually not law school over here. I'm still, I'm just in the university, just like every other person studying one course or the other. So in, in Nigeria, it's, law school is different and law school is for a year. It's after finishing your, after getting a degree in law in university, then you go to law school. And that determines if you're eventually going to be able to practice as a lawyer. So it's funny because even if you study law for five years in the university and you do not go to law school and pass, like if you don't pass law school, yeah, you cannot become a lawyer. So you're just going to have a law degree. So currently I'm an undergraduate of law in the university, but I'm not in law school. Okay, that makes sense. I guess I'm maybe used to like the way the academic system is here. So yeah. if you're if someone just studying law, yeah, you just know you're in law school. In law right? school, yeah, that makes sense. So it makes sense. So I understand what you're saying now. Yeah. So for you, why law? Like, why, why did you go into law? Why is this your mm-hmm. career path? Growing up, I, I actually decided I wanted to study law. And I would say at that time, I didn't even know why. Like, I think I decided that in junior school because of the system of education, we have SS1 3 for the junior secondary school and SS1 3 for the senior secondary school. So I think I decided that I wanted to study law in SS1. That was like my first year in, in the junior school. And to be, to be very sincere, I think another reason why I decided that was going to be easier was I was not very good in maths. And I used to, yeah, if you have to be in the science class or in the sciences, you have to be very good in math, physics, chemistry. And those were actually not things I felt were interesting. I felt, I used to, I think I used to feel math in my junior school. The only time I could say I, I did well was because I was preparing for my senior secondary school examination. My, we call it why that's like West African examination council. That determines if you're going to get admission to the university or not. And the way it is wired, you have to compulsorily you have to have at least a credit in mathematics and English. So that was the only time I would say I tried so hard. It's uh, trust me, it was very hard, but I had to like know it and just to get away with it. So I think one of the reasons again why I thought law was going to be easy was I was not a very good student in math. So I just thought, okay, trying to weigh it, I would have to do with arts and social sciences in law. And I thought, oh, I think that's good. Then I think I was, I was just always excited when I see lawyers growing up, even though I didn't really have the knowledge of what it was going to be like eventually. But I just loved it when I see lawyers, the way they speak, the way they present the argument. I was like, okay, yeah, let's do this. So I think that for me, that was what really interested me in studying law. So how has that been since you started? Like, you know, reality versus like... Mm. <laughs> I, I get that. I should have just gone. I should have done something like mass communication or communication art or something related, something other field. But certainly I do not regret being law. And I know the fact that law is very diverse. Like, yeah. There are different areas you can get into in law, but the reality is like what Loki. I was expecting so much, like things I'm experiencing now, such as having to know a lot of cases, having to know the laws and how to apply them, and all of that. But I think it was when I really got into it that I'm not understanding that okay, so this is what I was actually putting myself into. But it's, it's been a good experience and. If I had to choose again, I think that would still be follow again. So I, I certainly do not regret studying it. So, Even though I have to work hard and study hard, but it's it's looking me fun <laughs> looking back now. Yeah. That, so I'm going to assume that you're not you're not planning to be a corporate lawyer, right? Mm, I I might go into that, but I think I would also love to right now that I'm having experience in something related to communications, podcasts. I might also go into entertainment law. I'm not so sure about that, but I think with my area of interest, I would also love to do that. Okay. Yes. And I also have interest in international law because I I hope to work with like the United Nations and other international organizations. So yeah. I'm also interested in international law. Yeah, I mean, the reason I, 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 I assume that you're not interested in corporate law because you said you don't like maths. 
And I feel like corporate layers probably need to understand like the business side of things to an extent, which probably involves math and accounting. Yeah, I think I find it interesting that she's like, she's her reality now is like, what did I get myself into? But then when like the first few times, like when we first met her, it's like she's embodied the law. She doesn't even realize it. Like you as a person, you you, Lost yeah, like you've embodied it, like because, uh, <laughs> because you're very by the book. Oh yeah, you're very by the book. You're very like, oh, this is the plan that was set. This is what we listed. So like, this is how we're going to go about this. You're very, which is great. Like it keeps us organized. It keeps it, like yeah. I can write something today and forget that I wrote it today and forget I wrote it by tomorrow or other. So it's good that someone can actually remind you that this is what we actually planned. I'm like, oh crap. I can't go back to that. So we are very by the book and you're very firm. You know how to carry a conversation and make an argument <laughs> which I, I would want my loyalty to do for me. We worked on something together recently, uh, some details in, in a contract. And I was already done with the contract. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with this. Like, I don't need to review this anymore. But you were the one that pointed out some clauses that could be added. And like those clauses that you that you suggested were like spot on because if we didn't add the clauses, I feel like I would have been definitely cheating myself. So I think you definitely embodied that law student yeah. lawyer to be vibe. And I think you actually yeah, yeah, you you are born for what you're studying. It makes perfect sense. Honestly, it does. It, like, yeah, cause you can, you, you, I don't know if you know this, but you don't, you're not afraid to speak to, speak up to anyone. You actually are confident, even for like, I know in Nigeria, like, there's a lot of respect, but I find it interesting that for someone who's like, oh man, like, this is the reality of what I'm studying. You don't even realize that you are, like, it's like everything about you is just screaming what you're studying. <laughs> yeah. Cause there are people that they, don't like what they're studying and then you know like they can't wait to finish school like i'm done <laughs> they don't even remember anything that is being taught they pursue other things but yeah but i think it's it's interesting what, to what see. do you think do you think i think, I think for me it? yes I, I think for me just like i said earlier like i i decided like very early that i wanted to study this so for me it's a lot of passion and one thing i've learned is when you actually have a passion to do something like even when it feels like you've like oh this is very hard that passion in all like fact that you decided you made that decision you made that choice by yourself it actually drives you to continue doing it and wanting to know more about what you're doing so even when it gets to the point that like this is too much or this is too hard that is the only thing that keeps you going that choice or that decision and that passion you have for it that, that's the only thing that keeps you going and you know, you know i said actually i wouldn't say like i regret studying but i think now i'm actually open to other areas growing now i'm actually open to other things and i'm seeing things from a different perspective so i wouldn't even say like i don't have interest and like oh i cannot wait to finish school or law school so for me it's just the passion that actually keeps me Going on, like, and that choice I decided to make for myself because honestly, I, I used to discuss with my friends. As me, I I decided to study law because let's say my parents told me like you should. There's this thing I don't know if neighbors or parents like telling their children like you have to study this. Let's say you want. They want you to go into business, you have to go to the business school and like you have to do this because you have to come back and do this. I mean they made that choice for me. I probably would have dropped out of like never like yeah. few like two, three years ago I would have dropped out, but I think it's the choice and passion for like because I decided to be by myself so now it's more oh you decided to do this thing by yourself, so you actually have to continue. And I'm still enjoying it. Like it can be very rigid at times. And talking about me being firm and having to follow everything, I think it's it's law that's actually changed me like that because you have a lot of laws you have to know. Literally, you actually have to cram. You have to know how to cram to some extent because you have to put everything back like that. Like it is and all of that. So to some extent, when I make plans or like when I write something that I, we have to do, I make 
plans or strategy for me it's just like you have to follow what i've laid down that's why we have laid down laws and rules that you should follow yeah. so like you just have to follow it so to the largest thing i've seen law has actually influenced me so that, that, that's like the reason for it yeah no my my entire nigerian education was me cramming i think i crammed my way out of um, <laughs> out of the secondary school yeah cramming was all for me and i struggled with that because that's basically how our system like what do you expect from me yeah i so, i struggled so with cramming okay i'll tell you what the access again so mm-hmm. you said passion but i'm very curious like if there was something that like revealed that passion to you like did you see a lawyer somewhere did you yeah lawyer in your family or a lawyer on tv or something like what like i'm just wondering like how did you connect the dot to say oh this is my passion you know, you're okay. i love that question i would feel i saw someone in my family because i don't know about my extended family but my immediate nuclear family there's no lawyer in my family i'm even the only one in the arts my parents and my siblings actually in the sciences then like my my dad is a medical practitioner my my brother studied engineering my second brother also is studying medicine and my mom is a lab scientist so i'm actually and even it's it's so funny because i'm like the only arts person so when i decided to even go for it i, I think i just loved the you know growing up you hear people talk about each profession so i think i just love the way people talk about lawyers that they are smart and they love to argue you know the law like that kind of it's giving me like a moral okay so when they are broke and someone's going to tell me i know the law like i'm smart and all of that like i'm going to dress and be able to address the courts i would love to be a litigation lawyer well that was like what i heard that actually gave, brought about that passion that okay I think if I'm able to study this, uh, people are going to address me the same way when I grew up and all of that. So th- that was it for me. And I wouldn't say I even knew it. After this, like, I started studying, I started seeing people and, okay, getting more knowledge about what I'm actually studying. But that was, ju- that was just it for me. I think, first of all, we should give a round of applause to Motorola's family. That's a lot of book, right? Like, literally, wow, that's, that's I commend your... I really commend you, but yeah. So I think that with the things you're mentioning, and earlier you mentioned entertainment lawyer, even from our first conversation, it was clear that you had interest in like creative arts or in communications or podcasting, for example, right? So where did that come from? Like, because if your passion, and most people think this way, right? People think that you're either left or right brain in the way that you, you think or the things that you like. So if you're in sciences or in something like law or engineering or something like that, you know, you you wouldn't necessarily cons- you wouldn't necessarily consider someone that might be artsy or that might have a creative bone. But where did yours come from? Your your affinity or interest in creative arts and communication, where did that come from for you? I would actually say in the last one year or two years, and I think one thing that's actually made me realize is when I started, when I joined the team for this podcast, I actually realized that I would love to do this. So to, to a large extent, that's why I said the last time that I'm actually grateful to be here because now my eyes are open to things I actually did not know I'll be able to do. So now for me, it's just like, I'm just doing that. I'm just finding out, oh, this this is like me being flexible. That, okay, apart from law, these are other areas I would want to go into. Or these are other areas that actually interest me. Because I just know I love something that has to do with like, like the communications part or like having to maybe being a student, like saying something and, and all of that. But like now being on the podcast actually made me realize the aspect really I would want to go into. Okay, I think, yeah, this ties to like a question I have. Like, so do you think that because of how rigid and firm the system is, like school system, mm-hmm. there's been that part of you looking for ways to decompress, you know, like yes, just do something? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think for a very long time, like, 
it's been like the same system for me. So like now I'm actually flexible, like I said the other time. I'm like, yeah. oh, like you, you can there's this thing about as humans, I think I believe God gave us capabilities to apart from you might actually be very good at something and that would be only thing, but people are different and like people have different some people like can be open so that they can do a lot of things and be all around and actually examine everything every aspect so for me one thing i just try to do is like being focused that even if i want to go into this or do another thing it shouldn't affect the other and for now i would say like school is actually very primary and my main focus now because i can't imagine trying to do something or trying to like Dive into something new and it's affecting school, something I've been working towards like for a very long time. So for me, I just keep that at the back of my mind that whatever I'm doing, like I still this is like the focus for this thing or the goal for this thing I'm trying to this is the goal for this other thing. I'm so I just try to like keep it balanced that one thing shouldn't affect the other. Yeah, and I think that's good because most times we think of like people that like do law, like medicine as people that don't have a life. So they're just very geeky and boring and very, yeah, quiet. They don't talk. It's just once like we talk to you, just, you know, according to act six. Yeah. And all of that. But I think it's cool to see someone who's like, I have this very fun side of me and I'm willing to exploit my downtime and I've kind of like set a goal around it. So I'm not distracted. And I think another thing I've actually learned, like in school now, just, a lot of, um, or should I say, like the way the country is actually like has brought out the creative part of a lot of people. So people, we are actually coming to the realization that the fact that you are going to school, you don't have to like just stay in school throughout your four or five years or six years and just not do any, like not try anything new. Because when you graduate or when you come out, like there are a lot of things you can actually do. People, people are in school and are doing they already host like i was talking to someone we are trying to plan a conference and all of that and we actually need to host so and i was talking to someone and he was he was telling me things he noticed and things he loved and i was actually like oh wow like you're in school and when i checked out his profile he's like a host already like he does a lot of amazing things so one thing they're actually realizing now and i think it was not like that before is that like you can you can be in school you can be doing something for you like it is, and it is like very much easier when you are still an undergraduate in school to realize a lot of things and discover a lot of things about yourself and try them out. Because when you graduate, it might like you, let's say in age, like you have become like a grown adult and also it might actually be hard to start trying. So the best time to start is actually now. So you'll be able to figure out a lot of things. And like as young people, like we are still literally trying to figure out a lot of things about ourselves and things we love. So the honorary years, years for us is like the best time to do that. And you don't have to like very strict with yourself in school. Like it doesn't mean that you're going to fail or you should be able to be flexible. Not just like you have a very strict routine, go to class, uh, come back from class, read for example, then every every session you do that should be like you have to try new things and see what you can do even as a student and I think that's what I'm just trying to do right now. And I, I, I agree with you. I think starting young is definitely key. Like I think I think it's it's amazing that for you now you already have a a good idea of what you want to do or what you like, what your passion is. And you're also like stretching yourself and trying to explore and see you know, what what else is out there that that might be open for me now in the future? So I think I agree with you. Definitely, it's 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 about start young, and 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 the truth is, especially from Nigerian households. So I, I don't know about Gen Z, but for like for millennials, most of us grew up in households where, like you were saying earlier, you have a predetermined path. When it comes to career, like you're, you're either supposed to be in sciences or do something with technology or engineering or like laws, something like that, or being a doctor, stuff like that. And so, and our parents as well, there are people who were like people that, that stayed in one career for a long time. They, that they were in one company, one office, one career for a long time. And so coming, having that influence on us, and almost seem like it, 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 you feel like that's what we're supposed to do. You feel like that's what we're supposed to stick to. 
I think with the way things are, with the way the world is opening up more, the world is becoming not just a global village, but really a virtual village. People are realizing that there's more to them. There are more things they can explore. And, and like you were saying, Matilda, with the state of Nigeria, where people are graduating school, but are not getting job for years before they can actually get their first job, as despite regardless of the quality of their degree or the level that they graduated at, right, they're still unemployed. People have to try new things. They have to get creative. They have to figure out all that parts can I explore to earn a, earn a living, right? So I think all of these factors definitely make sense and definitely contribute to the extra bit of creativity that we're seeing from Nigerian youths right now. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the shackles is being broken off Nigeria because it was so bad. Like, it's actually so bad. A lot of us, as you said, millennials, like every parent, oh, yeah, my child is in Oxford, it's in Harvard, studying <laughs> banking and no. finance, <laughs> studying <No. laughs> You get my point. Chief Olajiton's son. Yes, just those. Yeah, but I'm I'm happy to see younger people actually breaking out of that narrative and you know, like trying new things. I love the creativity that is coming out. Like, yeah, like you can be. I've learned that from you. Like, you can be a law student and you can still be in podcast. You know, be in communication space, and then you can even have that as what's the name like an entertainment. A lawyer, but then once in a while you can come out and play as a host or anything or a TV presenter. That's cool. Yeah. Because life is not that boring. So yeah, I like that. Did you did you did you feel any of of that growing up? I know you said your parents did not cause you into law or anything. But <laughs> did you get that sense of like you have to make us proud, like you have to like stick, like you have to do do better than. Some other child somewhere. Like for me, I can I, I can remember like a conversation with my parents at some point that would do something like I would come. I, I would usually come like third or second in class, in secondary school, and then someone always someone else came first, right? And then I would hear conversation about like why can't you get? Why can't I think that is unfair to Nigerian children that the grading <laughs> system is a ranking? I don't think it needs to, I, don't think, I think it should be a ranking. I think it should just be. You got this average, ninety percent average, yeah. and you just take that and go deal with your own situation because it's already bad enough that somebody will get like what sixty percent, right? And then I know I already messed up. Why are you telling me this is how bad I messed up compared to everyone else? You know, thing about this is that you know when when especially in seconds when in seconds school and I knew some people that didn't perform as well. I mean, back then, I didn't think anything of it. I just felt like, oh, maybe this person had a challenge with this course or that course or whatever, you know. But it's the big thing that when you you get past secondary school, you get to university or whatever, like, it doesn't matter. Like, your grades (laughs) in high school, in secondary school, doesn't matter because whoever used to come 30th or whatever, if you're going to have an amazing career, but then you... You, you can, but just that experience of being the last person in the class, being detected, can it can actually have a bad effect on the person where they would think that they're not good enough and they will not try as much as that as they should to actually reach their potential. So I think it has a negative effect. But my question to you was that: Did you feel that kind of pressure growing up? That pressure of like competition? I wouldn't say. See, my parents made me feel like, oh, you have to. Be first. No, actually, I used to like come first or second, or like I was like top a top nice. student in. But I think, I think the thing was, let's see, my my family background or like my family. I just felt like I was just surrounded by people who were actually like smart. Or I I used to jokingly call them scholars. Like yeah. my my parents are very smart, and my siblings too are very smart. So, like, it just kind of gave me a push. And the fact that I had people ahead of me, we all went to the same secondary school and primary school. The fact that I had them ahead of me and they were actually doing very well. So that actually gave me a push by itself that, okay, I think I have to do this just to, like, continue the, the name. And, like, in schools, like, so everybody knows, okay, you are, she's also part of the family. And, like, 
so that I would actually have that fulfillment by myself too. But I would not say they pressured me. It was just something like, it was just like a drive by myself. I, I was always like telling myself, ah, you have to be, you have to be in class. When you, let's say you came first, the, the last session, and you come to this session, they'll sit there, oh, or they'll tell you why you need to do better than the other like even if even if you have eighty eighty percent and you give face, they can tell you that like you actually you still have like twenty more percent. Like why did you get close to hundred percent all of that? But I wouldn't say like that gave me enough pressure. Or should I just say the drive I gave myself didn't make me feel that pressure because I was actually always like wanting to be the best or like to do very well in school. So that was just it for me. And and I wouldn't say like it was very hard. Like I, I thank God for the gift, but like I wouldn't say it's so very hard like to do that to give myself that praise. So just something like, oh, I wanted I wanted to come out very because I don't want I don't want to have a bad result. That was just it for me. Like the fear of failing was like that it was enough for me to like just want to be very good and to be very smart. So that that was it for me. I think just hearing her talk is making me remember because you know she's in her family. So I guess I, you're the last born, right? Hearing you talk. Yes, yes. Yeah, that means yeah. yeah. So in my class in high school, the person who used to come first, there was this term. I don't know if it was like SS one, like senior school. She, I think that term people like struggled a bit, and so the what's that thing? The highest was eighty nine point five or ninety, and then she got eighty nine point five. Like literally, since I entered high school, that girl came first from just one to SS three. So even if my parents wanted to compare, I think one day I told my mom, I said, "If you want me to come first, we have to take this girl out of this school, and she's not going anywhere because <laughs> her brother is there, she's there, her two younger siblings are there. So there's no hope. You get like." It was difficult and I was, you know how they do A and B, right? She, I was in A, she was in B, yeah, but like we're both in A actually. So then she came, so we came back, we resumed school and then she, so we we got our report and we're going home and then she started panicking and I'm like, oh, why are you panicking? She's like, oh, she's worried that her parents might tell her that why did she get 89.5 last, last term, she got 93, blah, blah, blah. You know, she was just pouring out her problems. She was talking. When she finished, I'm sorry, I think I was just a crazy person. When she finished talking, I told her, I said, wow. So those are your parents are going to tell you. As I said, do you know that just the fact that I come first in his class, I feel like they're going to throw a family party in my house. My mom might go all out and cut a big cow. It's going to be a celebration. Like, to me, I'm like, you don't have a problem. Like, why are you crying? But just to realize that's how bad some parents, not in a wrong way, but that's how some parents, like, make you feel like that. Like, how can you, someone comes in 9.5, and you're like, why didn't you get the 90? And I'm like, is it from a good place or is it from a place of, like, pressure I, I don't get it but i actually i wish they made us realize that grades were just for second because that thing messed with some of us i i don't like the nigerian system it messed with me so bad because of the whole grading thing yeah i think it's safe to say that until was is is or was the point of reference for other children that is the motivation that Makes sense that she may not have felt the pressure, yeah. But the rest of us, no, it's, it's, it's a good thing. We did not feel the pressure, I don't think she felt the pressure because she was the point of reference for that kids. But you, you, you touched on something that I think is actually important like the fact that Nigerian youths they are beginning to explore other options, they're beginning to figure out other ways to, to earn a living, even while you're in school figuring out like things they can do on the side. I know that the reason for that is is complicated. Like there's a lot going on in Nigeria that is just not right. You know, the there's, there's insecurity, like there's, there's, there's things it's, it's not safe in in a lot of ways in different parts of the country. There's corruption at just about every level of the government. We just had an election that well, luckily, it's still but, controversial. Yeah, for luck of better, it's very, very controversial. There's so many things that shouldn't be happening that happened in that election, like even just from just the way they count the votes, the, the fact that the tool, the, the, the machine that they should be using, it wasn't working as expected. 
despite promises by the electoral commission and even just how like the president elect was announced like how the the voting results were announced so it, it's it's a it's an ongoing situation and so there are so many issues in the country that obviously you know will make people have to figure out alternative ways to to live and to and to survive but as someone who has lived in the country all her life, you've experienced the country in different stages of life up to where you are at the moment. And as someone from conversations with you, you're clearly someone who you 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 consider yourself as part of that group of Nigerian youth that want a different mandate, wants a more forward thinking mandate to be at the arm of the of the country. Do you react to things like what just happened with the election? How does that make you feel? And how does that make you think about the future of not just the country, but of your own career or your own life in general? Okay, first of all, maybe because of the fact that I'm studying law, so yeah. I think sometimes it actually makes you like what what is the point? And I think for other Nigerian youth, especially this election and this period, some some people have like a lot of people had high hopes and like oh I think there's about to be a change of a change in mandate or something new is just coming. So like this whole thing actually rubbished that for them. Like they felt like, oh, this is the end. Like I think just going to give up now. Nothing can ever change again. But one thing I just keep saying is even if everything if even if there's going to be a change, it's actually have to start with us too as people. Because I noticed that a lot of people, like young people like myself also, they have the mindset that I don't even, sometimes I don't know why they blame the leaders because some things they do themselves. Like so it all starts with even if there's going to be a change, I don't believe that one person is going to come and change everything. Uh-huh. Like there has to be like the, 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 it has to be a strategic thing. And there has to be one thing I also noticed about let's say leadership or governance in Nigeria is the the place for continuity. One and that's like one thing that we lack in the in the country that even if someone comes in and does very well for like first time, the first time usually like four years or like two times, that's like eight years. Subsequent person coming might not continue, like might not do so. so I think one of the things for for the, for us to move forward as a nation, there has to be like effective people and continuity. And what I mean by continuity, like I said, like. Someone coming up with a plan like okay, let's let's be doing this. The government that is actually going to come in to go next, they are supposed to like continue or they're supposed to keep doing the right thing so that everything will keep on moving forward. But if there's no consistency in the way the people in leadership or there's no consistency in the policies they effect, like everything will just keep on going down. So I'm reading a book by Daniel Akavi. The, the, the title is Same Perspective of Effective Leaders. And so mm-hmm. far, I just read the book. But one thing I've learned is, like, for for an organization or for a nation, it's, I think the book is about organization for trying to relate it with nation and what affects me. I think for a nation to, like Nigeria, to have effective, we have to be, we, have to, we need leaders that will, have, that will understand what the current reality is, the vision. The strategic plans they have to make, the the people they are trying to lead, who they have to understand who they are themselves and how we can go about it. Those are like some of the things I've actually learned, and that is how we can move forward as a nation. And I also think that, just like I said the other time, that it has to start with the citizens because I feel a lot of us or a lot of citizens in Nigeria have the wrong perspective, or they have maybe because of the way they grew up, like you know, there's this thing about where you grow up actually affects your mentality. It affects yeah, the way yeah. you affects the person you are. So if you grow up in a place where this is like the norm, 
or like this is the system how it works like this look it affects you and affects how you think so there actually has to be like a change in mentality of the young people the old people and the leaders themselves even if the leaders themselves decide to be good the people they are leading if they still have that wrong mentality nothing is going to happen so that that has been my conclusion and i just hope the new government if there's not going to be cases because i think they're going to go to the Supreme Court and start another case concerning the election. But if my hope is just that like the new government is just going to do something very nice and like be effective and, and at least let people have that hope because I think people are tired of having hopes that are not melt. Like if for a very long time you've been having hope on something and it's the opposite is happening, like you're yeah. going to get tired. And I think people on Nigerian youth are got to that point where they're actually tired and on the verge of giving up. Like that has, that's like my conclusion for now. But as yeah. for me, I don't think I'm going to give, give up so soon. I think I'm just going to hold on to that hope and just try new things and discover myself and figure out things and actually play my part too. Because I believe people are the grassroots. We just talk about people on the surface, the people at the grassroots, everything has to start from there. So I'm just going to uh, volunteer, make positive impact in my community and try my best as possible. But I don't think I'm going to give up so soon. What What does that look like, though, when you say, like, you, you know, you're going to try to make an impact? Because I know that right now, I know that in the past, for example, like there have been different kind of protests. I know that, I know that right now, People are organizing, people are trying to figure out what the best next step. The result might be challenging court. People are trying to speak about oh, how can they merge parties so that they can really put up a stronger fight in a future election or something. You know, so there are all these conversations and they're, yeah, you're right. All of those conversations are happening at more of the surface level, but in the grassroots, in the communities, what kind of things are people doing or what kind of things do you specifically plan to do to contribute to this movement that's, that's trying to bring about the change? One thing I, I noticed, like being at grassroots, like or understanding what people at grassroots, who they are and what, what they know. I think one thing is Tracy or like not having enough education. Some people actually don't know the type of effective leaders we need to pick. Like, they don't have that understanding. Like, some people just, let's say, they just go out to vote me because they feel this person is, like, they're in the same tribe or maybe based on religion or based on the party. Like, they just love a particular party. But they don't even understand, like, the kind of leaders that we need to have. So when people keep on, uh, when people keep on, voting us, electing the same kind of people that are not doing anything. I think it's just going to be, we're going to keep on having the same thing. So for me, just having discussions with people and just educating them, it doesn't have to be formal. Like, I, I tried to do that when I came home and, like, listening to what people are saying. Some people do not have that understanding. So I think that's where we even have to start. Like, people have to understand what actually the problem is, how to solve that, and, like, the kind of, if, People, you need to because one thing about an organization or a nation is when you have in on leaders that are not effective, like affect everything, affect us. So people even need to have the understanding of where we are now, where we are coming from, and what we need to do. The kind of people we need to select, like the kind of yeah. orientation we need to have. Yeah, you're talking. I see clearly, like I I believe that even like you just studying the law is helping you have like that knowledge right and you said something yeah you said something about going to court so clearly we know how corrupt the system is and we know that okay peter Obi is willing to go to court as you said everyone peter Obi is the yeah. candidate who didn't win the election it was a more or less this the the second one up yeah yeah so we know that and maybe we should also clarify all the New okay. president elect of Nigeria is his name is Bola Tinibu. So okay. that's the that's the the current president elect. Yeah, yeah, they call him Bat. That's but yeah. But yeah, so like if Pitabi is going to the Supreme Court, you know, just your knowledge, like you being a law like you having a law degree, like you in that 
how do you think that process is going to be? And then knowing that our system is a bit weak, like there's a pos- let's be honest, there's a possibility that they probably have connections. Yes. It's own even made a statement. If a thief asks you to, I think if a thief asks you to go to the court or take a matter to the court, he, he knows the judge already. A thief asks you to go to the court, he knows the judge already. Which means like yeah. there, there's something that's going to happen at the background. And that's like everybody's fair now that, like even talking about, I think, I think the uh, party of the president elect actually challenge the opposition that they should if they have enough evidence in the Supreme Court. So I think the problem now is like everybody's actually thinking that you telling them to actually go to the Supreme telling them to go to the Supreme Court. Like hope it isn't even that like you already have a plan with the Supreme Court itself. Like that was going to be the end of this matter. And again one thing I noticed I was discussing this with my brother yesterday. I don't know maybe like the way the system is here. It's so it takes it might it takes time to even deliver a judgment. Like the, the person, it has happened before in the state where where the person, not the state where the, the state where I am from, the person yeah. got into power like through a rigged um, process and all of that, like manipulated result and all of that. And by the time the courts would give judgment, the person had already spent three and a half years in office. Yeah. The time for for one thing, it is four years. The person had already served three and a half years in office. Like, that's almost a term. Then that was when they delivered judgment. So now, even if they deliver correct judgment, the, the process is usually very delayed and slow. And justice delayed is justice denied. Like, even the yeah. fact that it might be a very long process is something that is disturbing. So now, everybody's just looking at what's going to happen next. The conference, you had a was press conference. Yeah. Yes. He made a statement. I think they want to take the matter to the Supreme Court. That is like everybody's looking at at the moment now. So that is even like a yeah. flawed system of um judiciary. People have been calling for the agitation that there should be something done concerning in like the judiciary system is usually very slow investigation and all of that yeah i can see what you're saying like i mean if if someone is saying that yeah go to court if you have the evidence then then you don't know what's going on in the behind closed <laughs> doors right? i guess i'll say who is like the main who is the main judge i don't know that, you know that like right? what court the supreme court yeah is there one person or is he a group? like know how they're the judge right? like who is the judge for yeah the supreme no the supreme court is not just one like one person yeah that's what i asked like, structure is like there's only one supreme okay. court like compared okay. to uh, state high court and federal okay i think like, they actually but like the supreme court is just one supreme court but like they are yeah. strategically put in different places like, but uh, probably the, the way they're going to put this should be in efficiency abuja that's the capital of nigeria yeah, that's his problem. Like, there is the verdict and all of that. Oh, yes, yes, okay, yeah. Okay, so you, you mentioned something earlier, which I think is very interesting, and I don't want us to forget it before we wrap up. You mentioned that okay. educating the people at the grassroots, educating and mobilizing people at the grassroots level, you know, teaching them about the importance of, of voting, teaching them about the different okay. mandates. Of, of the different candidates, just making sure that they are well aware of what the stake with each election. And I think that's very important. And I actually haven't even considered that throughout this whole period of how many Nigerians may not have voted, not necessarily because I know there were issues with PVCs and people went out to get their PVC and they couldn't receive it or some people's PVCs were not working or whatever the issues were. But I'm just looking up like how many Nigerians voted you know, in the election, I want to see what number is because I know that it was, um, it was this table for the statistics of that. One thing that revealed was from 1999 election, yeah, general election in Nigeria, like statistically, it has been the, the percentage of people or the number of voters in Nigeria have actually been reducing up to. The last election that was conducted, which which is reasonable. And people are tired of opening, like some yeah. people are just like, what? So it all points to that point I made earlier that like when you open, when you have I open for like a very long time, you get tired of that. So it means every election, yeah, people don't, don't see a reason to go out any longer. To like 
people feel like their votes do not even count. And like this. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just looking at something. I'm looking at the number of people. So I know that over or close to 90 million people were eligible to yes. vote. Nigeria's yes. po- Niger population is about 213 Very or so. Yes. Sorry? I, am, am I correct? Yeah, I think yeah, it's 213. Okay, and over uh, about 90 million people were eligible to vote. And then from the voting results, which I'm looking up now. 25 or so voted. 25 million voted, right? Yes. So yes. that tells me something. First of all, if you're eligible to vote, does it, does that does that mean like you got your PVC? That means you got your PVC already, right? If you're eligible if, to vote, yes, 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 yeah. yes. So, uh, people that are eligible, they're, then they're accredited. So like after getting your PVC, you still have to be accredited. Like to they have right. to like make sure that okay, you are actually you've done all the necessary process. So and funny thing is the number keeps reducing. They were like about 90 million eligible to vote. Then we have the accredited number of voters which reduced compared again to the people who actually voted. So exactly. So if 20 or 25 million people voted and 90 were eligible, that already tells me something. That already tells me that there is work to be done to get the those those what people that didn't vote that were eligible to vote, there's work to be done to get those people actually voting. I'm pretty sure that there are more than 90 million people people who are probably yeah. eligible to vote or who should be eligible to vote right and so again there's work to be done to get people to actually get their pvc or really you really take the election seriously and you know i know people that didn't vote that like i know people that in nigeria that did not vote i know people that also voted and it's for several reasons you know, some people uh, they're scared of going to a polling station and then violence breaks out and and it becomes like they they get caught in crossfires and something happens to them or some people some people are just are just giving up on the fact that like just based off history and based off track record they voted in, in many elections over the years and the okay. the elections were still rigged so I don't know exactly what we need to do but you make a very good point of educating people them about the importance of voting, encouraging them to go out and vote to get their PVCs. You know, maybe that maybe that could have made a difference if we got more votes, and, and if more people came out, maybe that would have made a difference. Who knows? So I think this is something that, unfortunately, it, it has been going on for a long time. Um, but if we wanted to look to the future, what? Do you think this means for the future of Nigeria? As someone who is part of that Nigerian youth, is part of that, is, is, is who lives in Nigeria and is and wants want to see a better Nigeria. We all want to see a better see a better Nigeria. We're all Nigerians here, but I, I'm yeah, I'm just curious to know what your feeling in terms of where the country is headed, given the current state of things. To be very honest, like being very honest and realistic with yeah. the current state of things, our current reality, if nothing, like I said, is done, if there's no change in orientation for people, the citizens, if the people, the leaders are not being effective, or like if they continue doing the old trend, I things are just going to get keep on getting worse. Like that's been very realistic. Like if we keep on following the trend of what has been happening, but only if and only if we change our orientation, if people change their orientation, like if everybody knows what is should be done, like and what ought to be done, and they do it appropriately. If people at every point, at every office, like people that are even public servants and everyone, if they all change and like try to do things better and effectively, if we make genuine efforts as a nation. I actually believe that a lot of things can be done and a lot of things can change. Actually blessed with natural resources and like things yeah. that can, can make us to be better. So if we if we just effectively use that and make 
or like they make proper use of the positions they have, not just for their own selfish reason. If yeah. us as citizens we don't continue to be selfish and we actually make genuine effort, I actually see a better Nigeria. But with the current state of things, if we continue to follow the trend, nothing is going to happen. Like and it might keep getting worse. And that is the honest truth, and that's like the conclusion I've, I've come to. That's a scary reality. I mean, I think very the scary. Part, the important thing is that. We shouldn't give up. Nah, you used you used the word hope earlier, and that's that's also been the word that that been on my mind as well throughout this time. Hope is very important. Like we can't let we can't let that die. And I think in our own different corners, we have to at least try to contribute to to that voice or the the the, the voice of, of people and the voices of people that. Are, uh, that are trying and the efforts people are making to try to like, make a difference here. And, you know, I think often for people who live outside of Nigeria, is there's a sense of helplessness. Like for for us, like oh, what can I do? I can't. I can't even vote from here. There are countries that allow you to vote from outside the yes, actual, the actual country, but Nigeria yeah. doesn't, right? So it's, there's sometimes a sense of helplessness on us, and where it's like, what are we supposed to do? Like we can say a prayer. We can stay glued to the screen to see what happens next. We can send messages of support to those that we know that live in Nigeria. But what are we, what can we actually do? But I think I think this, you know, this is an opportunity for those of us who live outside of the country. Kind of rethink and to think deeply on if there there are ways that we can help uplift the voices that are that are being raised right now, you know, whether that is a donation to a cause, whether that is an investment in a group or in, or in, or in, in the system itself and into the economy to see how things can improve, whether that is working with the talents that, that are living in the country so to give them an alternative way of, of any living and developing themselves, or whether that is going back to the country. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that's something that's on your mind. But yeah, so I, I think, all of us in our different corners, which there are things that we can do, just as Material had mentioned, the idea of like really mobilizing and educating people at the grassroots level. I think there are things that all of us can do in our different corners. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. I think she said something and it made me, you said something and it made me laugh. Like, if just imagine if we were allowed to vote, like those of us outside the country and we voted, but just because of how much they want to rig. Then they would say there was no light or something like these people would come up with something. Because shortly before the election, I actually did check online to see because I didn't really follow so much. I think after the primaries, I didn't really follow like the campaign and everything. So I was like, oh, let me actually check if they allowed this. And I did check. And apparently it was something that was brought. It was like a, what's the word? It was being considered. Or- yeah. It, yeah that was, they were trying to pass like a bill. Basically, okay. yeah, yeah, or people, but they rejected it. But to be honest, material they can make it work, but that's a very safe play. They would that was a very safe excuse because they know it's a reality, but they can make it work. And why I said that is because if you have a motive, you definitely yes. say, Oh, we don't have the internet capacity because mm-hmm. there's no way that it would be done here and they wouldn't get the right information. I mean, I don't know, we have a consulate here, and I can't, and I can't say that it's. It's running at its optimal level. Yeah, yeah, there's... True. Yeah, so I can't really say that. But, I mean, even there, there was a machine or a tool or like uh, for counting the votes and displaying the life. That's what it's called, EVAC. Yeah, and it it didn't work. To my understanding, it wasn't... It didn't work despite promises. Yeah, so if they can't figure that out, I don't think they're ready for online voting. I don't think they're ready for... Voting from outside the country, there's still a lot of logistics that you have to figure out, even within the current system. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but to tie back to what you were saying, I was a bit bummed, but I still have a lot of hope. And you're right, you know that we have a role to play here as well. We can be supporting one or two cause, you know, raising awareness where we can. Once in a while, you can visit join be part of a movement and but yeah but i think for me i've seen mixture of like maybe say 50 50 or let me say even 60 or 70 30 actually where there are a lot of people who are like 
at that very point, I'm giving up. But I've actually seen a lot of people that still have hope, a lot of youths, and I'm actually very impressed. A lot of youths actually still have hope. To them, they're like, they're just waiting for, they don't even believe that the swearing is going to happen. Like, quite a, a lot of people don't believe that the swearing because they believe something is going to happen. That's like, the, yeah. So I've seen that, which is, which is, I mean, it's encouraging because you don't want people to be devastated. And, and I also believe that there's, I believe there's hope. I believe something would actually work out for good. So yeah, I just hope that the hope everyone has would actually see like that. I will see what, yeah, we'll see what we're believing for. Yeah, well, whatever happens, I don't, I don't want to see violence. I hope that there's no violence, no loss of lives. I think that that is just um, unnecessary and doesn't help anyone in any way. So I, I really hope that that's, that you know, things can be sorted out diplomatically and in a civilized manner. Oh, I think this has been a very, conversation lots lots to think about Bella thank you very much for sharing your journey Sharia thoughts on the current situation in Nigeria we're very grateful for all that you're doing for the show thank you very very much for being part of the show today thank you for allowing me to be part of the team it has been a very amazing experience thank you Motorola and thank you everyone for tuning in every Tuesday Please continue to support the show. Please leave a rating and a review. And you can also follow us on Instagram um, at Toby Nifesi and at Larry Nifesi. You can also follow our new podcast Instagram page. It's called The Out of the Sound Podcast. Um, so we really appreciate you listening. Enjoy the rest of the week. Bye now. <laughs>